the first thing I'd like to express is that my understanding of psychedelics and my understanding of spirituality are intertwined in such a way that I can't separate the two. I will be talking about spiritual concepts in this lecture series. If the word spirituality is something that is difficult for you to come to terms with, if you have an aversive reaction to it, I might encourage you to listen to the shadow episode first. And I would also like to recommend A Confession by Leo Tolstoy. That is the best rational argument I've ever seen for living a spiritual life. I can certainly understand any aversion that you might have, whether it's because you come from a specific religious background or because you don't have any metaphysical beliefs. I was an atheist for a majority of my life, and psychedelics helped me to reconnect with the wholeness of life in a way that I didn't know was even possible. And once I leaned into the process, I realized there's a lot to be gained by leaning into it. And because of the nature of faith, you cannot experience it or understand it unless you lean into it. If the aversion you're feeling is not from a place of atheism, but rather from a concern that I'm not aligned with your spiritual belief, I will say this. It is my belief that there is only one source of creation. The religions of the world, the dogmatic systems of belief, and their litigious criticisms of each other are not what I'm talking about. Within each religious study, there is a group of mystics. In Christianity, it is contemplation. In Buddhism, it is Zen. In Islam, it is the Sufis. And in Judaism, it is Kabbalah. The indigenous tribes that remain intact largely never left that mystical way of life. There's a book called Black Elk Speaks, which illustrates this very well. I would also encourage you to read the book, The Four Agreements. Understanding that book alone has made tremendous positive improvements in my life. All of the spiritual systems that I mentioned are equally valid, depending on your own personal preference. The book, The Alchemist, was helpful in me realizing that. They are simply different routes up the same mountain. Depending on your own personal background, some may work better for you than others. But the more you understand from each, the more they support each other. The divisions we find between people are not mystical in nature. They're of the ego. They're of the shadow. The devil. The veil of Maya. It hides in the mind, not in the heart. It took me quite a long time to learn that. Throughout my early life, my experiences of religious education mostly centered around judgment and manipulation. I know that many others have experienced similar religious trauma, and I realize that putting this disclaimer right up front might scare some people off. But I also know that if you are listening to this, it is meant to be. However you may feel about that statement, it is what it is. I can see religious and secular manipulation at every level in our society, and it can be overwhelming to sort through it, but it is valuable to do so if you're willing to take on the task. In a society which has seemingly taken every step that it can to separate us from our intuition and to push us into expectations that are not our own, it's difficult to sort through 
all the information to find the truth. Psychedelics have helped me tremendously in doing that, but they are by no means the only way. It is possible that they are the fastest way. I have yet to find anything that's more effective. If I had, I'd be making my podcast about that. My objective in this recording is to provide as much information as I can that was helpful to me in my process. My ultimate goal is to enable you to see your own personal truth and to follow that with confidence and faith. Because I believe at our core, each human being is only love. That is all there is. However, each of us has the capacity for good and evil. It is a choice. And both extremes exist, clear as day in this physical world that we inhabit. I'm sure that my opinions in this lecture may not resonate with everyone, and that's to be expected. But I've done my best to be objective and open to as many people as possible, while also remaining true to myself. I would also like to express that I have full faith and trust in your ability to discern the truth in what I am saying. Psychedelics are not for everyone. They are one tool of many that can assist in enabling someone to reach their full potential. That being said, psychedelics do not help you develop as a person all on their own. They require work alongside with the experiences that you have to integrate what you've learned and what you've processed. The process of integration hasn't ended for me. I don't know if it ever will. But I have found that the very best tool for integration is community. I really enjoy people having the freedom to have their own opinions and to challenge my opinions. That's where a lot of learning has happened for me. There are so many authors and experts on these various topics out there, and my intention is really just to boil down as much of the most critical information as I can. This may be helpful in reducing the amount of research that you have to do, or to the ease of access to that information, but it's no replacement for doing your own independent research, and I'd highly recommend you go and check out some of the authors I mentioned so that you can follow up on what I'm sharing. I'll put them in the show notes. You don't have to take notes when you're listening. I say all of this really just to convey that I'm not any kind of an authority figure, and I don't want to be thought of as that. I don't want to see others accept my beliefs wholesale as I speak them. I would rather that they understand the true basis of where I'm coming from, if we're going to be in agreement. But in any case, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this, and I appreciate you taking the time to invest in yourself listening to this. The reason I started off this series with an episode on breath and meditation is because those tools can help us to center in to our emotion and to how we're feeling in the moment. I've found that centering into present moment awareness is one of the most important tools we have in alleviating what the Buddhists refer to as dukkha or suffering, disconnection. This doesn't have to do as much with feeling better as it does with getting better at feeling. That expression and understanding is something that I gained from The Presence Process by Michael Brown. It's a book I'd highly recommend to anyone engaging in this kind of work. Our emotions are signposts to indicate what we should be paying attention to. Our body is letting us know what's important. Our interpretations of those feelings those signposts, 
may not be as important as the experience itself. Unfortunately, in modern society, we often learn to suppress those emotions, to push them down, or to ignore them. And I believe that this suppression of emotion is the core of our current societal dysfunction. Our mental health crisis, as it's often been referred to. Psychedelics, breathwork, and meditation can be very helpful in allowing us to center back into that connection with ourselves that we've lost. So I'd like to take a moment to share a breathing and meditation exercise with you that's been very helpful for me. In a moment here and throughout this recording series, you'll hear a meditation bell ring. Take that as an invitation to get comfortable, notice your breath, notice what's going on inside your body, and pay less attention to what's going on inside your mind. Allow yourself a moment to simply relax. For this exercise, it's helpful to be sitting up straight. I also find it helpful to close my eyes and really focus internally. If you can, it's good to breathe through your nose. If you can't, the mouth is fine. Let's begin with a deep inhale, filling your lungs all the way to the top. And then a complete exhale. to the point where you can't exhale anymore. Your lungs are completely empty. Then inhale slowly through your nose. Until your lungs are completely full. And pause for a moment. You may notice that you can feel the energy you just took in through your lungs. You may notice your heart beating throughout your body. Exhale slowly. Make it slightly audible. Feel the sensation of the air leaving your body. Empty your lungs completely. Now inhale again through your nose and hold at the top. Sigh it out. Even with that very short and simple breathing exercise, you can alter your state of consciousness. You may feel a bit calmer, or you may even feel a little bit lightheaded, and that's to be expected when you're doing breath work. Noticing and connecting with the breath is a very important key. Not just in regards to psychedelics, but in regards to all phases of life. You can live without food for a week. You can live without water for two or three days. Without air, we can only survive for a matter of minutes. We take in energy through our breath the same way we do from food and water. 
and we can utilize it if we notice it. Many of us have unconsciously restricted our ability to take in that energy because of the way that we breathe or because of the shallowness of our breaths. There's a book called Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art by James Nestor. I'd highly recommend it. It helped me tremendously in discovering what I wasn't getting out of my breathing and how I could make improvements. The most concise summary I can provide is simply to, whenever possible, keep your mouth shut. Breathing through the nose has many benefits. The more that you do it, the easier it becomes, and the less you do it, the harder it becomes. The nose acts as a filtration and warming mechanism for the air that's about to be processed by your lungs. And it also has a calming effect on your nervous system. There are thousands of years of practices regarding breath and subtle energy. The Chinese refer to it as qi. The Indian yoga sutras refer to it as prana. But it's all really the same concept in different packages. It is life energy. And it's all around us. We are it, if we're aware of it. Life will inevitably hand us some emotionally challenging situations, whether you're on psychedelics or not. Certain practices with the breath can help us to manage those emotions as they arise in a way that's beneficial to us and can help to integrate those experiences into our lives rather than running away from them. Whenever you're feeling frightened or overwhelmed, take a moment to sit with yourself and focus on the breath. Once you develop a relationship with your breath, you can use it to find tranquility, even in very difficult circumstances. It's not simple to achieve or to maintain, but it is fully possible to completely turn off your fight-or-flight response. And while you might think that that could be dangerous, I'd like to point out that you can run away from a lion or fight in a jiu-jitsu tournament without panicking. In fact, it's probably preferable not to panic. And it is fully possible to turn off that fight-or-flight response. We're in control of much more than we realize. So far, most of what I've talked about has been related to breathing methods that help to calm our nervous system and to relax. But there are other breathing methods and meditation methods that have extremely profound opening effects, which can lead us into ecstatic experiences. Holotropic breathwork is an example I'm familiar with, but I know there are many other forms of breathwork. These breath exercises can leave you so stimulated that your entire body's vibrating and you can't open your hands. These types of breathwork can induce mystical experiences and hallucinations. These types of breathwork can go deep, deep down into your psyche and unlock trauma that you didn't even know was there. And for that reason, it is important to practice them in a safe context with people who know what they're doing. 
But I say all this just to demonstrate that many of the experiences we seek when taking psychedelics are available to us without psychedelics. You can reach them just with your breath. Alternatively, meditation methods like darkness retreats can also be extremely profound. In a darkness retreat, you'd spend between one and seven days in a room with absolutely no light. Your food is brought to you and you receive no stimulation from the outside world. These types of effects can be compared to sensory deprivation tanks in which you float in salt water that's body temperature. When your sensory input is reduced to that degree, it can create a opening through which spiritual energy can flow. I have no better way to explain it than that. It's not always valuable to understand mystical states of consciousness in an intellectual way, but it is important to learn how to navigate challenging experiences to the best of our ability. A friend of mine once went on a retreat to a Native American meditation center. One of the facilitators there told her, when you receive visions, don't label them, don't try to understand them, don't even try to remember them. There's no need to write them down. There's no need to communicate them to anyone. Let them wash over you, take what they give you, and continue on. While it can be very tempting to analyze and dissect experiences that we've had in the past, what is important, however, is learning the tools that can help you to navigate these experiences. Breath is by far the most essential one. The key is to use the breath to integrate and to surrender. There are many specific breathing methodologies that can be used to calm yourself, to excite yourself, to draw in energy, to expel energy. I'm certainly not an expert on the topic, and I'm not going to go into detail describing different breathing methods here. But many of them are listed at the end of James Nestor's book. And if you have the audiobook, you can listen to the practices. Now I'm going to get into a meditation technique that I really enjoy. I've found the most effective way to listen to a podcast or to listen to anyone really is a method I learned from Eckhart Tolle. And it goes like this. If you pay close attention, you can feel where your consciousness is resting. In most of the modern world, I would guess that the consciousness is resting primarily in the mind. And if you sit for a moment and don't think about it, but rather feel that consciousness in your head, you can gradually move that consciousness down into your body. You can feel that consciousness inside your chest, your arms, your legs, and you can feel your body from the inside simply feel the energy in your body. You know that your foot is there without thinking about it. How is that? You can just feel it. Counterintuitively, if you shift your consciousness to the inside of your body, you can listen to others with much greater acuity. For those who have experienced this, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you focus your attention on how your body feels from the inside, without any concern about what it looks like, 
and without labeling any of the feelings that you're having, but rather just noticing them, observing them. This can enable you to tune into a different state of consciousness simply by noticing what's already going on inside you. I know it sounds ridiculously simple, but it's shocking how seldom people do this in their day-to-day lives. It can be more challenging than it sounds. And if you've been listening along up to this point, feel free to pause the recording and give it a shot for yourself. If you've never meditated before, try setting a timer for one minute and seeing how that feels. If that feels fine, try for two minutes. Meditation doesn't have to be a grueling experience, and honestly, it shouldn't be. If you try this for multiple days in a row, you may notice that the benefits of meditation don't come immediately. It's similar to working out. It really takes a consistent practice to build up the equivalent of the meditation muscle. But once you get there, it can really ground you in the moment in a way that otherwise may not seem possible. Meditation, or contemplation, has more to do with non-doing than it does with any particular activity. There's a book called The Heart of Buddhist Meditation, which I found to be a very helpful and simple introduction to the topic. At its root level, it is about noticing. It is about consciousness, mindfulness, observing what's going on, becoming the witness, which I'll talk about in another episode. There's a simple practice you can use to do this at any moment. It's much easier than many people realize Here it is. Inhale air into your nose and sense your chest expanding at the same time. Inhale, exhale, no pause. Feel free to stop the recording and try this for a few minutes if you'd like. If your attention drifts away, don't criticize yourself. Gently refocus on the breath. If you sense the air entering your nose, and your lungs expanding at the same time, your mind will go blank automatically. You can always return to this place of mindfulness when you're feeling stressed. That place of mindfulness is available to us at any time of day. It's always with us. I'd like to finish by stating that I truly see the potential for an exponential acceleration in the evolution of human consciousness. Psychedelics will be one part of that. And personally, I believe they will be a very important part of that because much of humanity is stuck in a very unproductive and stifled emotional state. It's fully understandable given the circumstances that we live in, and it's not a judgment on anyone. But I do feel some sadness and disappointment when I think about the true potential of humanity that we're not currently living up to. I think most people can feel that truth. Moving forward from that depressed and stifled state is going to require some dramatic shifts to get out of. I've seen it work for myself and others, and I think that as psychedelics become more available to the public, And as the global population becomes more educated on the topic, the speed at which this occurs will ramp up. Hopefully these recordings can be helpful in that sense. There may be some minor repetition between recordings, but I tried to keep that to a minimum. 
and each recording does have some information which is not in the other recordings. So if you have the time and the interest to listen to the whole series, that is how I originally intended for it to be listened to. If that's too much of a commitment, I would say the most important recording is the one on set and setting. You may notice that there are numerous substances which could be categorized as psychedelics that I'm not covering. I may decide to cover them in the future, but at the moment I've focused on those that I find to be the most beneficial and the least addictive. Looking back to the 60s and everything that's happened since then, I see that psychedelics have been fraught with misuse, misunderstanding, and as a result the response has been draconian prohibition. I see that changing now, and I'm thankful for it, but I'm cautiously optimistic because I know that there's a lot of important information that's not widely known to the public. That is the purpose of this talk. I genuinely want to help the medicine, and I want to help individuals to understand the medicine. As my good buddy who serves the toad has expressed in many ways since I've known him, you are the medicine. These substances are just a means of unlocking potential. Everyone will have their own experience of these substances, and everyone will have their own interpretations of what they mean and what they're for. What I'm sharing here is what I believe to be true. And if the information I share is helpful to you, then that is all the reward I need. If you get an opportunity to share this with your friends or download the audio files to ensure that you always have access, I would be deeply appreciative of that. I will do whatever I can to make sure that they're available somewhere on the internet under the same title. So if for whatever reason they're removed from podcast services, you should be able to find it on some kind of a peer-to-peer platform. Follow your intuition and trust the process.